Hello and welcome along to the Property Academy Podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Knight. And I'm Andrew Nichol. And to the show, we are talking about the latest data and what is happening in the New Zealand property market right now. So last week, Ryan's released their data, but it didn't get very much attention. And the reason was it came out on a Thursday right before the long Matariki weekend. And because of that, there weren't that many news articles written about it. But no worries, we are right here to tell you what happened. Now, Andrew... We've done quite a number of podcasts about the property market recently. Now, why are we doing so many about them? Well, I think that for the first time in a long time, we're actually starting to see some positive news. And look, lots of people have been saying to me, we're going to wait for the bottom of the market. We really want to make sure we get the best possible deal. Well, the time is here. Well, I think there's probably some evidence to suggest that the time might have already gone because we're at a bit of a pivotal time within that property market. Now, if we look at what happened in June, according to Rides, New Zealand property prices went up 0.4%. So that's why I say, well, perhaps we may, may have already missed it. What's interesting is Auckland was up 0.8%. If we look at Hamilton City, prices are up there 1.9% over that prior month in June. And then also in Rotorua, up 1.6%. So there are certainly some areas of the country that are starting to turn. Even if we come to Christchurch, last month they only fell by 0.1%. Now, what do all of these numbers mean? Well, what's interesting is that over the last probably about six months, we have seen the property market falling, but falling at a slower rate. So again, if I take you back to mid-2022, Property prices were falling by about 2% a month. You know, if you're talking about a million dollar property, we're talking about 20 grand a month property prices falling. If I take you to the end of 2022, it was falling at a much slower rate, more around that one percentage point mark. So maybe a million dollar property is falling by $10,000 a month. If I take you back the last couple of months, we're talking about, you know, your million dollar property is going down by $6,000 a month. So going down by 0.6 of a percent. And now we're seeing it go up by, for instance, $4,000 a month, just over the prior month. So the price falls have really, really slowed down. They were large and they've been slowing down. Now, what's important to note is that a couple of times over the last year, we have seen property prices increase. That happened in November last year. I think property prices went up by 0.2%. It did happen in February this year, but it was 0.1%. They were small, but the reason why we couldn't read much into those increases was because they came directly after large price falls. So house prices falling by 2%, then a small increase. That increase wasn't very meaningful. Similarly, a couple of months ago, prices falling by a percent, then a small increase, again, not that meaningful. But now we're talking about, well, property prices are only going down by 0.6% now, we've got a 0.4% increase. This starts to feel like things are starting to turn around now. Now, again, it's not everywhere. Some places like Nelson City down 0.3% over the last month. Dunedin actually down 2.6%. I was a bit surprised about that, given that property price falls there had slowed down in the prior data. But there are those areas, especially the Auckland one is interesting because a third of our houses are up in Auckland. That starts to be quite meaningful. Now, Andrew, what else are we seeing in the data? Well, one thing that we're seeing that we haven't seen for a long time, or since the peak of the market, is actually the number of properties that are selling are actually increasing. So there's a small change, but there is a change in the trend. 
And so what we mean by that is at the peak of the market, about 100,000 properties were selling per year over the prior 12 months. That's bottomed out at about 58,000 per year. Now we're starting to see it go up. Look, it's only got up to 59,000, but the way that we measure it smooths the data out. So an increase is usually quite a meaningful increase. So we're starting to see things move the other way. And you even see it in, I don't want anybody to think that news articles are the be all and end all uh, uh, <laughs> pulse or an accurate measure of the pulse of the property market, but we are starting to see sentiment changing. And the funny thing is, when you see that sentiment change, it becomes self-fulfilling prophecy. Now, all of a sudden, people think, you know what? Ed and Andrew might be right. And they think, well, I've been sitting on the sidelines for a while. I said no to a couple of deals. Now I'm going to get into the market. All of a sudden, there becomes a bit of a stampede because there's half the number of sales happening over the last 18 months or two years. And these people who have been sitting on the sideline will exacerbate the market moving forward. One of the other things that's really important to remember, and uh, we're going to get nerdy team, we're going to get quite nerdy, is just how data is calculated. So if we're looking at the June sales data and whether property prices are increasing or decreasing, the way that Ryan's report the data is when a contract goes unconditional. Now, Andrew, what's the period between when somebody signs a contract and goes unconditional? Normally, it's a 10-day contract, but generally speaking, based on experience, it normally takes about three weeks for a buyer to go unconditional. So if we're talking about contracts that have gone unconditional in June, most of those contracts would have been negotiated in May. So mid-May to the end of May, a little bit at the start of June. So whenever we're looking at property price data, that is often about a month or two out of date already by the time it's reported. So this data came out mid-July, I think it was July the 13th. But that data would have captured contracts that were signed from the middle of May right through to about the middle of June. So it's taking into account contracts that are somewhere between three and up to seven weeks old. And that's why when you look at official data, even though I believe the Ryan's data is the best we can possibly have access to, it will always be a slight lagging indicator. So the fact that property prices increased officially by 0.4% in June is really an indication of what's been happening mid-May to early June. So let's say that the next data for July comes out and it shows another increase in property prices. You might start to think, good, I'm getting in early on this trend, but actually you're about a month or two behind what's actually shown in the data. And that's why you want to take a broader view when you're trying to get a sense of the market. That's why we talk about Tony's surveys of real estate agents, even though that's not you know official house price data. That's why we try to get a sense of what's happening with sentiment, even though that's not official house price data. And that's why we will look at a range of metrics to try and understand what's going on. I want to tell you something else that's happening there. I told you about six months ago, but I think most people have probably forgotten. There are three major house price data providers in New Zealand. They are Ryan's, the Real Estate Institute of New Zealand, CoreLogic, and QV. The way they calculate their data is all slightly different. And so I predicted about six months ago that we would get to a, a point where one data set would show house prices increasing while the other would show it decreasing. I remember you saying this. So here I have in front of me the CoreLogic House Price Index, and they say that in June, house prices fell by 1.2%. 
The RINDS data shows that in that same month, house prices went up by 0.4%. Now, I'm not saying that anyone is wrong and that one is right and one is wrong because these indexes or these data sources are reporting solely what they see. But it's important to understand what they are showing so that you know how to interpret it. Usually, the RINDS house price index, so the ones that we've primarily been talking about in today's episode, is very responsive. It's because they report whatever happened in the specific month, the contracts that went unconditional in June or May or whatever it happened to be. The Core Logic Index is very good data, but it tends to lag the RINDS data a little bit. And the reason is they take an average over the prior three months. So when they say, well, in June, house prices were down 1.2%, that includes not just what happened in June, but what happened in May and what also happened in April. So if you're waiting to see the Core Logic House Price Index turn around, well, that's going to happen after the Rides House Price Index turns around. Now, you might say, oh, well, that Core Logic's not very good. Well, no, I know that Nick Goodall, listen, uh, the head of research, <laughs> listens to this show, so that's, not, that's definitely not what I'm saying. I think that the core logic one is a much more robust measure. Once you see the core logic house price index turn around, and once the guys on the New Zealand Property Market podcast are talking about house prices going in the other direction, you know it's well and truly happened because it's a very robust measure. It's an average over the prior three months. And so you're not going to see as much random up and down that confuses you. Just bear in mind, though, if you're waiting on that number to go up, before you pick the bottom of the market, you're way too late. It's well and truly yeah. gone. That's why I even say we're looking at the June data from the Real Estate Institute and it shows an increase. If we see, I mean, it could go down next month, you never bloody know, but if it goes up next month, as I wouldn't be surprised if that was to happen, we're two or three months late in terms of the bottom of the market. Now, having said that, Andrew, how much of an impact do small variations like 0.4% up, 0.4% down. How much impact does that really have on the ground when you are negotiating or when somebody listening to the show is negotiating with a seller? Look, in 15 years' time, you won't even notice the difference. So if you are buying for the long term, it makes virtually zero difference whatsoever. But it's really interesting. In terms of negotiating at the moment, I'm finding it a lot more challenging to get a discount from a listed price from a developer. There's just that sentiment in the market from a developer that the tide is changing. You know, now they're thinking, oh, actually, we might just hold off. We might get a bit more money for it, or they're putting their price up a little bit. It's really, really interesting, that change happening. And that happening makes me think the end days of these drops are, are very near or has passed. One thing that's really important to notice is just because house prices went up by 0.4% across the country, doesn't mean that if you are out there negotiating a sale or if somebody is out there negotiating a sale, that all of a sudden every price in New Zealand has <laughs> gone up by 0.4%. Let me give it to you another way. Let's say that 10% of the houses in New Zealand started selling for 4% more. Well, on average, because 10% of New Zealanders are selling for 4% more, on average, all house prices looked like they went up by 0.4%. But not every house went up by 0.4%. 90% of houses in this example stayed exactly the same, and 10% of them went up by 4%. So you take a 4% increase, you divide it by 10, you get that 0.4% average across oh, the country. See, yeah. And so what I'm suggesting to you is that Queenstown went up 
by 1.8% over the last month. That is going to increase the average or make it look like house prices went up everywhere. Similarly, another area like Napier City went down by 1.8%. That's going to bring the average down and counteract Queenstown. So when you are out there specifically negotiating a deal, that 0.4% increase or a 0.4% decrease doesn't really mean much to you. It's all about what's happening in your specific market. And just because it looks like house prices went up by 0.4% doesn't mean that that million dollar house down the road that you wanted to buy is now going to naturally be $4,000 more expensive. But it's about what is going to happen over the next 12 months. You see, a 0.4% increase or decrease over one month doesn't mean anything. A 0.4% increase consistently over a 10-month period adds up to over a 4% increase in total. And again, if we're talking about a million-dollar property, that adds up to about $40,000. So these are the things that we've got to consider when we're looking at the latest market data. I'm not sure whether I've confused everybody or not, Andrew, no, but I, no, I, I think No, I think that makes sense. I think Tony Alexander said on our podcast, if you're waiting for the bottom of the market, don't try and time it and be too greedy because you'll miss it. Well, I, th- I would probably argue against that and say that. Oh, at, okay. <laughs> well, what I'd probably say is that at this point, it doesn't really matter because a 0.4% increase or decrease probably isn't going to impact the value of the property that you are trying to negotiate. So just because, and this is my point, just because the data shows that house prices went up by 0.4% in June doesn't mean that the house you are trying to purchase and that you think is a good investment property is going to go up or go down by 0.4%. You see, the national data is really influenced by a few properties or a few areas that are increasing or decreasing by quite a bit in value. Yeah, I more mean that people that sit on the sideline because they wait for these little changes end up not doing anything or delaying the decision for way too long. So don't try and time the market. I think what you're really saying, and perhaps I could say it in a better way, (laughs) is that... I'm glad the listeners know what I put up with now. No, mate, no. Come on, spit it out. You know, if you're thinking about somebody who's thinking about buying in Wellington, house prices there are down about 30%. How much further have they really got to fall? And are you going to feel more clever when they go down to, say, let's say they fall by 2%. Oh, yes, I got it at 32%. Or are you more worried about what happens when they increase by another 5 or 10%? Nah, I was happy with how I said it. <laughs> I think the main takeaway from this is twofold. First of all, we have seen an, an increase, and it's one that we've got more confidence in compared to previous months. But also, I really want you to take away that you are still going to read press releases from CoreLogic and QV that suggest that house prices are falling. Despite that, at the same time, we're going to have press releases from rides that show house prices increasing. And over the next couple of months, there's going to be this really interesting interplay. I'm not saying CoreLogic or QV is wrong. I'm not suggesting that rides is absolutely correct. But because they are calculated differently, that's why you are going to see different articles suggesting that house prices are going up. Oh, wait, the next one suggests they're going down. We need to understand how these are calculated. Right, let's wrap it up there, but please don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. really does help us get the message out to more people. Thanks for listening to the Property Academy podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Knight. And I'm Andrew Nichol. We're going to be back here tomorrow with even more daily strategies, tactics, and insights to help you get the most of the new selling property market. Until next time.